Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, good morning, everyone. If you'll find your seats, we'll have a chance to get going here. I'm delighted you came. I'm delighted I'm here. I began this morning at the Los Alamitos branch. I was standing in their lobby and going, hi, I'm here to preach. And they looked at me and said, what are you doing here? And I said, preaching. I said, no, you're not. You're supposed to be at the other church. And I thought, oh, I didn't prepare a message for that church. So uh, this is all for Los Alamitos, but hopefully you guys can kind of figure out what's going on here, okay? I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad I'm here. Very little traffic between that church and this church. So thank you for tolerating that. Glad that I could... Uh, have a chance to share. As we were coming here, my wife said, don't worry, the Word of God applies everywhere. And uh, so grateful for her faith in that along that line. I never experienced it. I don't think you have either what slavery really is. The cruelty of it all, the feeling that your lives are not your own, you cannot make your own decisions, you're under the control of someone else. This is the way it was in our country in the very beginning. Um, when uh, our country was founded on the floor of the Philadelphia, when they were putting the Constitution together, one of the delegates, I forget his name, unfortunately, said, if we do not figure out that slaves are true people and full men, this will divide our country and we will fight a war. 100 years later, he was right. We fought a civil war. One, that, one man that was particularly moved by all that was Abraham Lincoln. It broke his heart to think of our country fighting a war and the people should be you know, in bondage to one another. And so he said, uh, in one of his speeches, he said, it is not right that we should pray to the same God, read the same Bible, asking for victory over one to another, and yet believe that some people should make their living off the sweat of another. In New Year's Day, 1863, he wrote a proclamation called the Emancipation Proclamation. It won him no favors. It was produced in the newspapers and sent around everybody, and they said, it'll never pass. It'll never work. Lincoln said, all slaves will be free. He was assassinated for that. And it wasn't until after his assassination that the, that the Emancipation Proclamation became our 13th Amendment. But a very strange thing happened after that. Even though the proclamation had been passed and becomes a law, very few slaves ever left the plantation. They stayed. And uh, in some of the interviews the newspapers did at that time, they went to some slaves and said, why do you know you're free? Do you know you can leave? And some of the answers were, I know about Lincoln. I know about this proclamation, but I don't know what freedom is. And so for years and years, slaves stayed on the plantation under the bondage of that slavery. They never could find it free. So even though across this country, that had been made free, the people weren't free. And that's tragic. They didn't know what freedom really was. And in our lives, too, which is even more sad, is 
we have also been free. Jesus gave us a proclamation of freedom. When Jesus saw you and me in our lives in bondage to sin, in bondage to living under the control of Satan, Jesus said, I will pay that price. And so he did. And his resurrection shows that that price was sufficient and accepted. But how many of you and I still live as though we're on that plantation? We don't feel we have that victory. But I want to share with you some words I think that will encourage us along that line. Now, I don't know if my <laughs> notes were sent to Los Alamitos for their bulletin or if they're in yours. So slip your bullet, just drawing pictures if you need to. Uh, my outline's pretty simple. There's three words. I'll give them to you along that line. Were they put in a bulletin? Oh, somebody, somebody was in control. I was not. That's great. Uh, so it, this is all comes from Romans chapter 6. Now, I know I'm supposed to preach on Mark, the parable, and I chose the parable of the candle. I'll get to that. But in, uh, but in Romans 6, I want to give you three words I think that will make a difference for how we live off the plantation of sin that controls our lives and gives us the freedom. Romans 6, 3, 6, 6 and 9, I'm going to squish those verses together. Paul writes these words, Romans 6, 3, 6 and 9. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. That first term is to know. To know is to truly understand what the sacrifice of Christ did and that you have been set free. Even though we read these words and tend to believe in these words, we don't always live this way. We somehow feel sin still reigns over us. Our habits, our uh, thoughts, our proclivities, the things that we do that keep us in bondage, that make us feel defeated, that make us feel we cannot move on. Those habits have been broken by Christ. If we can trust in him, but we need to know that. The second word that Paul gives is to consider. Notice verse 11. Even so, consider yourselves to be de dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Then the third word, I'm going to expand on these, expand on these a little bit here, is to present. Romans 6.13. And do not, go to do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So it's know, consider, and present. Let's look at these a little bit further here. To know. It says there in those verses that we are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. This is what's known as a dry baptism. In other words, we had to be dunked for this one. This is a dry baptism. When we identify with Jesus Christ, and that's what baptize means in this verse, do you identify? Do you get your, your, your personhood? Do you get your identity as, this is who Christ is for me. I identify with him. 
if you will, in today's jargon, you might say, do you have Christ's tattoo on you? Can people see from a distance who you are, that your life is different? Are you tattooed? Do you identify with who Christ is and what he did for you? Uh, and this, this knowing is not a matter of feeling. Feelings always follow facts. You have to do what you know is right, allow the feelings to come after that. And that's hard. In our culture today, everything's about, I don't feel like it. And what feels good? Well, feelings are pretty important. They're a part of how God made us. God has feelings as well. But we can't let feelings direct us. We have to use the mind God gave us and allow our feelings to follow that. So do you know? Do you know this chapter in Romans, even though Paul is pretty hard to follow at times, and his sentences can be kind of long, take the time to know this. If you can't memorize this, and that's fine, uh, I have a hard time remembering anything. I know last week I bought some Prevagen. If I can find it, I'd start taking it. Uh, I'm not sure what, a, what a, a jellyfish can teach me, but you know they might be pretty smart, I don't know. But you know, add it to your life, identify with what Paul is saying here, and know your scripture. Sometimes as believers, we think the only people that really know the Bible are pastors because they went to seminary. Seminary is about technique. It's about learning how to study. But the Bible was written for the common person, the everyday person, who was written to you. Paul did not write Romans to scholars. He wrote them to people in Rome that needed to learn more about who Jesus Christ was. So it's written to you and to me. It's not meant to be written to theologians. Theologians read it and they complicate it. But we need to read it as the way God intended it. Listen to the words. Know the words. Get that emotional and mental tattoo that says, I am free in Christ. I've been baptized into his life and into his ministry. I can identify with that. So know that Christ died on the cross, was raised again for that very fact in our life. Now, we also have to recognize that beyond knowing is considering, is consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to Christ. The word consider is pretty crucial here. That means not only to know, but to decide that you're no longer in bondage, that when those temptations come, that you have a resource you can call upon and ask God to give you the strength and the character to move on from that if need be. And one of the best places to learn that consideration believe it or not, is the church. This is where we are to come together every week and share our struggles, not just talk about, I've had a great week, how are you? But to talk about how difficult it was at work to keep our temper, how sad we are at work because I feel I'm going to lose my job at any time. The company's downsizing and I don't have any value. It's hard to imagine that because in those days, in these times of Christ, most people were craftsmen, meaning that almost everybody had the means of surviving and doing what they needed to do was in their own hands. They were craftsmen. There were no big corporations. So everybody did what was right that they could do with their own hands. But there was still that fear, the fear of can a country come and overcome us? In, in Jerusalem at the time, they were in occupation by the Romans. And sometimes when we look at our history, we say, that can't be too bad. The Romans are pretty peaceful people. 
but still Israel felt enslaved to them, and they were. Just like people get enslaved to sin, the Jews were enslaved by the Romans, and we need to be make free of that. And that's one of the reasons the church became so controversial, because the church really felt free to honor God and not worry about worshiping or following Caesar. And that disrupted the, the Roman idea. So remember to consider and to know uh, what it means that we have to dethrone those things in our life that we think are more important to us, and they are not. So one of the reasons, Sunday is not always the best time to talk about our issues, home groups, life groups we talk about. If you're not in one, let me encourage you to have the courage to join one. They're not all that bad. I've had one now in my home for about 12 years, and it's been really great. They've really straightened me out, and I appreciate that. But in our home group, we talk about the cancer, the people in our family that are ill, the fears we have about what our neighbors are going through. Let's talk about real life. There's tears in our life group. There's laughter in our life group. It's where we can come together and kind of just sit back and talk about what's really going on and be encouraged through the Word of God. That's what life groups are meant to be. They're, they're not scary. It's real life. It's where we get together as human beings to consider. So if you're not in one, I encourage you, have the courage to join one. And if you're in one, pray for it. Pray for the people in your group that this is a time where you come together and your spiritual life is encouraged. Where you talk about the tough times and you talk about the blessings. We have one gal that's not in our group, but she's a sister of a member in our group. We've been praying for her now for almost two years. And the wonderful thing about her is, you know, for a couple of months, she's cancer-free. <sighs> Praise God, she's cancer-free. The next month, she has cancer again. We pray for her for a couple of months, then she's cancer-free. We finally figured out that she should not go to doctors anymore. Because it's the doctors always giving her the bad news. Stop going to the doctors and just trust God. No, she has to go to doctors along that line. But to, uh, but to have that kind of pray for them, to know their family, to know who they are, and to encourage this sister's faith in our group, that she's not alone bearing the fact her sister, whom she loves dearly, has cancer, but all of us in the group care for her sister that has cancer. And she feels she's not carrying this all alone in her own life, but she's got those around her that are helping her along that line. So that's what a life group could do, is help you to consider, to consider that. So what does it have to do with a lamp unto my feet? When I looked at that proverb that the Lord gave, that parable the Lord gave about what the kingdom of God was like, and it said, you know, who would light a candle and keep it under a basket? Or who would light a candle and keep it under a bed? As I thought about that, you and I are those candles. You are the ones who are to be the light of the world. And how do we keep that light going? Well, we have to have encouragement. We have to have people around us that love us. And the Holy Spirit is our gift to that along that line. That's one of the greatest gifts that Jesus gave to us. And think about it. No other faith in the world says, God lives in you, but the Christian faith. 
And at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. That is where our power comes from. The joy of knowing that God is there and God cares and God empowers us to do these kinds of things. And when that happens, you become that light. You become that candle lit under a basket, out from under the basket, out from under the bed so others can see that. How many of you want others to know you're believers? You'd just rather maybe on a good day? Maybe Sunday people can know I'm Christian, but the rest of the week they shouldn't. No, we're to live that way fully and totally along that line. So Christ has freed us, but we don't always live like that. And I want to encourage you, this isn't meant to shame you and make you feel bad, but to recognize that you've been freed from your life of sin, the bondage of sin, to know and to experience that along that line. So live that way and trust in that way. Would you join me in prayer? Holy Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It is meant to be read simply by simple people, common people. We can understand the truths you share, that they are not just for theologians, but they're for all of us. Help us, Lord, to understand that you have set us free, and we don't always feel that we are free. Help, Father, for us to live a life that honors you, so we can feel good about our faith in you, and not always like failures. Help us to know, help us to consider, help us to present ourselves to you in a holy way. Thank you for this time together. Light our light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.